Man, I could sing, but I'm not sure. I want to keep people saved here, so, you know. How's everyone doing this morning? I'm doing okay. Um, I was going to, I woke up this morning, and I saw the snow outside, and I was going to change my sermon, because everyone that dreamed for a white Christmas, we're about to do special prayer for you, because I'm not sure about the snow. I, I just, I don't really like snow. But an inch, or t- an inch is probably good enough for me. We'll have a white Christmas. It'll be gone in like two days. And we'll be done, for hopefully, for the rest of the winter. Okay? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we- I was going to change the sermon, but, you know, the guy revealed to me, say, hey, no, keep it the same. Um, so we'll- for those that dream of a white Christmas and prayed and got your prayer answered, congratulations. Okay? But <laughs> we'll let it slide. Last Sunday... I had the opportunity to go to Pastor's house. Now, I've been at Pastor's house for quite a, a lot, you know, over the last 10 years or so. I've been to his house. I know how to get to his house. But I have a confession to make. I drive by landmarks. Any confessions out here? Anyone drive by landmarks? Oh, yeah. Right. I drive by landmarks, okay? Turn right at the Burger King, make a couple of stops, turn right, and I'm there. Right, that's how I navigate. I can do highways, I-29, I-70. I know those, but main roads, like off-roads and stuff, I'm sketchy at, okay? I'm a true millennial. I use Google Maps for everything, okay? Don't judge me. (laughs) But the difference is, is I'm on my way to Pastor's house. I see the Burger King, that that, that, that light right there, I turn right. I'm on my way. I'm looking for this house to turn right at. I know what this house looks like. I have to turn right at this house. The problem is landmarks look much different during the day than they do at night. And I'm going over there at night and get the Christmas tree, the lights out and everything else. And I pull to the first stop sign. I'm looking, looking. This doesn't look familiar. So I turn to, I go, I go to the next stop sign. I'm looking. I think this is it, so I turn right. I'm looking, I'm driving. Uh, none of these houses look familiar. <laughs> so maybe I, maybe I turn too soon. So I turn to left, and next thing you know, I'm down a cul-de-sac. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I start navigating, try to find my way back. I go all the way to the the main interest of his neighborhood, which is the exact opposite side of when I came at. I had no idea how I got there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm by the old church. I'm like, what what are we doing? How did I get over here? So I do a U-turn. I go, I was like, I know how to get to his main entrance. I know how to go the normal way. I was trying to be slick, save myself some time, and go the back way. And I eventually got there. But driving at night, is a little more difficult when you navigate by landmarks like I do, okay? I didn't do, use Google Maps that day, and um, it took me long, much longer than what I was supposed to be. It wasn't like they moved Pastor's house, right? The destination was, it was there. I knew where I was supposed to go, but it took me longer than when I needed to, you know, navigate. It took, it took me longer, because I'm at night in the cloud. 
Oftentimes, we can feel like we're in that darkness, driving around, feeling like we're supposed to be towards a set destination. But because we're driving at night, we have this cloud hanging over us. Things don't look the same. The, the signs we're supposed to look for, the landmarks we're supposed to look for, it gets cloudy and it's hard to navigate when, you, when you're navigating through that. And oftentimes, we miss where we're supposed to turn at or turn to. We've been studying. If you guys haven't been to Bible study on Wednesday nights, I can't speak for Thursday, but Wednesday nights have been phenomenal. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the humanness of Jesus. Last Christmas sermon, we looked at all the prophecies and how that came to be about the Christmas story. We know the Christmas story. For those that have come to church, we, we understand it, okay? I don't know what Buddha's birthday is or Muhammad's birthday is. I know it's somewhere in November, I think. But in America, even non-believers get the day off for Christmas, right? We understand this country, the Christmas story, the nativity story. We know how the story ends. But sometimes we forget the humanness of it. And I'm thankful for the humanness of it. That's what we're going to look at today. I could imagine Joseph. He's been dating, courting Mary. He's been bragging to his friends about Mary. He did the Facebook status. You know, anytime a man does a Facebook status, it's official, okay? It says the engagement date gets on one knee, proposes, getting closer and closer, getting the plans together. Most guys I know on big, heavy wedding planners, they say, hey, yeah, babe, do whatever you want to do, okay? That's probably what he was doing. But as they're planning the wedding, he's probably noticing she's picking up a little weight. Now, we may not notice everything, ladies, but we'll notice eventually. And any guy that's had, had that conversation or has made the mistake to have that conversation <laughs> understands it's going to bring up eventually. Like, hey, babe, uh, you got something to tell me? Something's going on. You know, we need to go work out, you know, go, go for a run or something. Mary's like, you know what? I got something to tell you. Uh, I don't know really how to tell you this, you know, but uh, I'm pregnant. Huh? Come again? Yeah, 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 yeah. no, 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 it's, it's, it's a crazy story. I know you won't believe this, but I'm pregnant. Well, we've been saving ourselves We've been doing what guys are telling us to do. We ain't been Netflix, Netflix and chill. So how this happened? Do you have something to tell me? Well, it's, it's the Lord's baby. Okay. I'll give you some points for creativity. You know, it's better than the toilet seat excuse. But he probably walked away very, very defeated. As a man, having trust is very important to us. And he probably felt like his trust in her had been betrayed. 
just got hit right in the gut, right where it hurts the most. This is the woman of your dreams. And you think she's cheated on you. I bet he goes to his family, his mom, his dad. He's hurt. They're like, well, you know, I don't believe her either. You know mom don't, mom don't believe her. You know that. <laughs> mom is giving her the look like, okay. I'm taking out for her baby boy. Dad's like, yeah, no, this is what you got to do. He probably gave him some advice. Joseph's dad's like, hey, this is what you got to do. We'll go to the courtroom in the morning, and we'll get this all taken care of. His friends at the bar, they're like, dude, you did. She said, what? They're reading the text messages and everything else. They're like, oh, no, you got to leave her. <laughs> and Joseph had made his mind up to go get divorced. And in that time, you had to get paperwork to call up an engagement. It was almost like you were already married. And he had the paperwork drawn up. And I fully understand the reason. He's young. His friends are like, hey, you know, Susie just got, she's single again. Remember, she was in high school, you had a thing for her. You know, why don't you go call her up? But in the middle of all this, in the middle of all this chaos and confusion, this hurt and pain that's going on, an angel shows up to Joseph. And now his faith and his reasoning are in conflict with one another. You ever had a moment like that? Where you, you believe in one thing, like I, I, I'm, I believe that this job is mine, but my reasoning is saying, I don't think you're that qualified. And they're in conflict with one another. The faith and reasoning are in conflict here. Joseph is probably trying to fight this vision, this angel showing up to him for a long time. And he has to go and tell her, maybe she was right. Now, men, I know we lose a lot of arguments, okay? And having to go back and tell the girl, maybe you're right, is very difficult for us, okay? And he has to go and, and tell her. I can imagine Mary saying, you don't believe me. I've been telling you the truth. You don't believe me. And she comes, here Joseph comes in and says, maybe you were right. I don't think it was a very easy conversation that they had. Maybe some of you have been served papers in the past. Divorce papers. Or the talk of divorce has come up. That feeling of that person doesn't want me anymore, it's hard to just get over. Hard to sweep under the rug. And so they have that conversation, but then she goes to Elizabeth's house. Now, Elizabeth is like much older. It's her cousin, but she's much older. It's more like a grandmother-daughter, granddaughter relationship, I imagine. The age difference, the age gap. They're cousins, but they're much, the age gap, they probably have a different type of relationship than what you have with your cousins. Anytime you gotta go to mama's house in them, you know there's some marriage issues, right? I can't stand you, I'm getting out of here. And you go to mom's house, right? You stay the night. 
there's some marriage issues. How comfortable could she be with a guy who says he doesn't want her anymore? How comfortable. And then, to top it all off, the government issues a special decree and they issue a census. And you have to go back to your hometown where you are registered to, to do this census. And so Joseph, I imagine Joseph coming up on the donkey to Elizabeth's house saying, hey, we got to go. We got to go back. She doesn't want to go. She probably doesn't want nothing to do with him. But they have to go. You ever had that awkward, long car ride, car ride with someone that you care about? That tension, that silence is deafening. It's like, oh man, you just, you just sitting there trying to just listen to the music because you guys ain't talking. You know, back in that day, they don't have Spotify, right? Bluetooth on the stereo. They just, Mary's on the back of a donkey having small talk in the desert. Like, it's cold in Christmas season here, but if you look up today, it's probably like 80 degrees in that area. So Christmas is much different in that part of the world than it is here. We dream of a white Christmas there. They just dream for AC, okay? And so that's a long walk. It's a long day of travel. Awkward silence. And they get there, no ends. And you know Joseph took an earful. Guys, we're not much great on planning, or some of us aren't. And you know when plans don't go according to plan, your wife or significant other is going to give you an earful. I know when Joseph left the last hotel with empty-handed, and she's out, you know, curbside parking. <laughs> like, he's like, how do I tell her that we don't have a room to stay in? It's probably the last straw, but Mary is about to bust, right? She is about to burst, right? She's having contraptions. She's contractions, you know, they're doing the time stop. Okay, doctor said every seven minutes, if it's, you know, we got to go to the hospital. There ain't no hospital around, okay? There's no ambulance. They find... They find a, basically a barn to stay in. I'm not sure about you, but I think about how my kid will come to this world. Right? You probably grow up thinking, oh, I'll have a happy marriage, a happy family, nice, successful careers, we'll be satisfied, you know, well off. And this is how my kid's going to come in. We're going to have all these different things. But that dream gets shattered for Mary. I could imagine her being on the back of the donkey as they looking for a place to stay, thinking to herself, thinking what the angel said to her. Greetings, Mary. This is Luke 1.28. Greetings, Mary. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. In the moment, I'm pretty sure she is now, she is asking herself, God, I'm favored, but I don't feel favored. I'm in a marriage that's on the rocks, 
I have a baby I didn't plan for. I had to make a trip I didn't ask for. I don't feel highly favored. I've listened to Pastor Fields, and he's telling me about the mindset of Christ. He's telling me he's trying to prepare me for certain things that are coming up in my life, and I don't feel very favored at the moment. Psalms 42 and 3, the psalmist writes, My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? I can imagine her saying, God, where are you in the midst of all of this? You said I'm highly favored. I don't feel your presence. You gave me these burdens I didn't ask for. And yet you're saying I'm highly favored. How is this possible? David warned us about this. He says in Psalms 35, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. For a long time, I thought that he's just talking about eight hours. <laughs> it was just eight hours. I'll struggle and toss and turn in the night. But once the sun comes up, everything's going to be good. Until I got older, and life hits you, and you realize that just because the sun's up doesn't mean that it just goes away, <laughs> right? Something you've been struggling, tossing, and turning with, it's going to stay on your mind the next day, the next week, for the next month, maybe for the next year. And some of you are still in that middle of that night right now. Maybe you lost a loved one. This is your celebrating Christmas. You're not feeling very Christmassy right now. This might be the first time that you don't, have, you don't get to celebrate with someone you really care about. It's that night. You get off work. You usually want to go home and go to sleep. Something to numb the pain. Something to make you feel better. That cloud is just hanging over you. Pastor Field said, for some of you, at the beginning of this year, it's going to be a rough year for you. Some of you have had to bury parents, bury loved ones. Certain situations have come up. Divorces, breakups, things have happened in your life, and it feels like that dark cloud, that night is over you. And you've been weeping all night, and you're asking yourself, God, where are you? You would think when the Lord came on earth, he'd be in a happy family, happily married, both people are well to do off. They wouldn't be struggling, they wouldn't be fighting, they wouldn't be, you know, at each other's throats. They wouldn't be born next to some cows, <laughs> right? But he picks a dysfunctional marriage in a dysfunctional time in a small town, and he picked that. And we understand, you know, the forest for the trees. We get to see how he played all of that. He was with them in that dark, that nighttime. He was with them in that nighttime. 
It's easy for people to show up when you get the blessing. You got the nice job, you got the nice car, you can finally got the house. People will show up. You invite them to watch the Chiefs game, people are going to show up. Oh, you got the nice 70 inch TV, I'm there, right? But when you're struggling, people don't respond back to your text messages, phone calls. And yet, in the midst of all this, God is saying, I'm right there. I chose you, Mary. I chose you for this very moment. I chose you. I chose DJ, the bartender, for this very moment. I chose him to do what he needs to do. I chose Brother Wes, drug dealing, woman beating. We know his story. He said, yet, I still chose I still chose you. He chose every single one of you to be here today. I'm not sure exactly why, but maybe because your night is being lifted. Maybe your night is about to be over with. Maybe you're in the midst of it. Maybe it's dark right now. They always say that saying is darkest before the sun rises. Maybe you're feeling at that point. You're not feeling very Christmassy. God is saying, I chose you. I chose my son to be born at this time. And then the birth happens. And God himself is like an excited father running out of the hospital room, telling his friends, he's here. He's here. He has the angels go and talk to some shepherds to share the good news. He's here. He, he, he sends the Holy Spirit to, to the Magi to say, hey, he's here. He couldn't wait to share his blessing. But he was also there in the darkest times in Mary and Joseph's life. And they remained faithful to them. There's a victory coming for you. I'm not sure when, but maybe that darkness is being lifted from you. We have a reason to celebrate. It's Christmas Eve. We know what happens in the morning. Tomorrow you're going to wake up. The kids are going to probably wake you up early because they're super excited to open up their presents. But we understand the presence that we have in Jesus Christ. You guys are going to be sitting there. Thank you. You're going to be sitting there dealing with your dysfunctional family, hoping Trump doesn't come up, right? <laughs> hoping, hoping the NFL players stand for the national anthem because you just don't want that argument at the dinner table, right? You just don't want that to happen. And yet God, just what he chose, a dysfunctional family. He was actually born a crime. They had to go and run and flee. And that's what God chose to bring his son in. Not a palace, but just like us. Dysfunctional, struggling marriage. And he showed that God is with them the entire time. And he blessed not only Joseph and Mary, but the entire world through dysfunction. Your, light, your night might be getting lifted. Okay? For some of you, you've already passed your night. you got reason to sing these Christmas songs. And so I invite uh, Isaac up here.
and we're going to lift, and we're going to pray, and we're, we're going to uplift Christ this morning. And we're going to sing these Christmas songs with a little bit extra patch and extra feel. Please uh, prepare yourself for prayer. Dear God, we come to you as humble as know how, Lord. Thanking you. We thank you for the things that you have brought us through this year. The good times and the bad times. You didn't abandon us through our struggles. Issues at work. Issues with family and friends. Health issues. Concerns. Cancer. Death. And each time you reminded us who you are and that you were with us. And we thank you for not ever abandoning us on those things. Lord, for some of us, it's a hard time. It's a hard season. We're praying for those that are traveling, but we are praying for those that are hearing this right now. Some of them might be feeling like they are in the middle of their night, struggling. We ask that you reveal them, yourself to them this week, that you may show them that you were there the entire time, and you can't wait to share their excitement and the blessings that are coming for them. Jesus, we love you, we honor you, and thank you for your birthday. In your son's name we pray, amen.